This audio is from King's Cross Church in Independence, Missouri. For more information or to donate to this ministry, visit kingscrosskc.com. Good morning. This morning's scripture reading comes from Galatians chapter 2, verses 20 through 21. You can find this on page 973 in the Pewback Bible in front of you. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God. If righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, family. For those who don't know me, my name is Howard Piñate. I'm actually a pastoral resident here at King's Cross. Um, it is a pleasure and it is a privilege to be able to proclaim God's word with you today. So if you could please join me in prayer, we'll get started. Heavenly Father, we all coming in with heavy hearts today. There are some that are carrying things today that we don't know if we'll make it and see it tomorrow because of the level of pain and the frustration and the doubt and the shame, whatever it may be, Lord, we're coming with something in this room today. We need you. We need hope today. Would you show us hope? Would you show us what life looks like? Would you refresh our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus? Father, would your word just transform us? Years ago, speak to us. We ask um, and we pray. I have an opportunity in Jesus to go name. to a hospital. Amen. In a very sad circumstance, this man had been given the news that he was actually going to die soon. And they had told him before that there was no hope. And this other pastor came in, a so called pastor, I should say, and he said to this man, you have all these tattoos on your body. For you to enter into God's kingdom, you have to remove them. This guy is on his deathbed. We get news of that, and we're just broken to our core. We go see the man. There he is in the bed laying down. Machines are beeping. Despair in his eyes. Families just weeping and mourning, and we ask for a moment. And we begin to share this hope with this man. And we tell them, we tell this man how only hope can be found in Jesus and not what he does, but only by faith alone in Jesus would secure his way into the kingdom of God. This man believed that message that day, rejoicing rejoicing that hope was given to him. I saw life transformed that day. A day later, we got the news that he went to be with his Savior. How can this be that a man would receive this hope and be transformed? Today, we're going to look at the scriptures and see of another man 
who received hope and was transformed. And we're going to see how the message of the gospel is not only scandalous, but the love of God for you and me. So if you're in your Bibles, we're going to look at Galatians 2.20, and we're going to be here for most of our time. What we see here in Galatians 2.20, and the Word of God reads this. This is Paul speaking. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So we have to understand who Paul is. We have to understand how God met Paul. See, Paul had a rap sheet. He was a felon, you could say. The way I've kind of described him, he was like a, an evil Mandalorian bounty hunter. Like he would go chase people down and find them, and he always got the person he was going after. And unfortunately, he was so committed, and he was such a good bounty hunter, he would actually kill his people. Something unique happens to Paul. Jesus encounters Paul in Acts chapter 9. And what you see is Jesus coming and encountering Paul and Paul being transformed by God. So Jesus meets Paul, transforms Paul. Years later, Paul writes this letter, and now we read the letter today, even now, and we see these words of a man who has been transformed by grace. See, by the world standards, Paul was a, you call him a valedictorian kind of student. He was taught by the best teachers. He was a nationalist, some people would say. He was dogmatic. He was theologically astute. Mm. But see, that wasn't good enough. God wasn't looking at the works of Paul. He was looking at his goodness. He was looking at, why was Paul persecuting me? And Jesus would transform Paul so Paul would know who Jesus was. So when we read these words today, these are words from a man who has experienced the very love of Christ. He experienced the love of Christ. It's interesting to see how someone can be so transformed by the gospel that they're never left the same. And you see Paul being transformed by Jesus in this way. But how do we know that Jesus' love is real? Mm. Can I tell you how I know Jesus' love is real? How do you explain someone who's been living a life so long and have this transformation? We've seen people in our lives transformed by God, and we wonder, why is this person different? What happened to them? The only response is that there was an internal change that God did. 
And Paul here in these words in Galatians, you can feel and sense his heavy heart of the love that he believes that Jesus has for him. He was captured by this idea. It moved his heart to express with inexpressible joy, Jesus loved me. He gave himself for me. It's a personal statement he's making to himself because he could feel the weight knowing what he's been forgiven of. Do any of you guys struggle with your past? Believing that Jesus forgives you? You you do, brother? I do too, bro. Because we struggle believing that God can truly love a people like us. So when I hear these words from Paul, I'm like, yes, Paul, I feel that. This is a truth statement that captured Paul's heart, that he was loved by Jesus. But how do we know today that God loves us? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Do you know the kind of love God loves you, bro? Brother Jerry, let me tell you how much God loves you, bro. He gave his son for you. Someone say, for me. God gave his son for you. He gave the best. He just didn't pardon your sin. He had to give your, his son for your sin. That's how high the payment of our sin was. Martin Luther said, Jesus, God did not send a frog to die for you. He sent his son, Jesus, to die for you. How much value and worth does God see you with? How much love does the father have for you that he sent his son for you to rescue you and me? And I'm gonna tell y'all something, family. If that does not capture our hearts and lead us to praise God, we've lost sight. Nothing will move us if that doesn't move us. Let me give you three ways we see the, God of, the, the love of God displayed. If you have your Bibles, if you could please turn with me to Romans 8, 37. Romans 8, 37. word of the Lord reads in all these things we're more than conquerors through him who loved us for I'm sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor present things nor things to come nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Listen to me, family. You need hope today. This is the hope of the gospel. Nothing can separate you from God's love. 
Nothing can separate you from God's love. You yourself and your sin cannot separate yourself from God. God's call is irrevocable, unchallengeable, if that's a word. It's a word. (laughs) Nothing can separate you from God's love. And if you doubt the love of God, if you doubt that he's forgiven you, if you doubt that he's still with you, be reminded that his word declares right here that nothing can separate you from him. Turn with me to Titus chapter 3. We're going to be in our Bibles today. Titus chapter 3, verse 4. And the word of the Lord reads this. This is a beautiful verse. I love this verse. But when the goodness and the loving kindness of God, our Savior appeared. Listen, family. He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. Your goodness did not bring you to Christ. It wasn't your good looks, brother. It wasn't your good works. If anybody had an ability to boast, it would have been Paul. He had it all together by the world's standards. Family, listen to me. It wasn't because of our goodness. We are not good enough. That's a slap to the face, but it's also a humbling reminder of God's love for us that we don't have to earn our way into God's kingdom. That he's a father who says, come to me. Believe in me. Believe in my son. Because right here it says it's according to his mercy and his loving kindness. God has had mercy upon mercy upon mercy upon you. Mercy. Exodus chapter 34, verse 6 says this. I'll read it to you. You don't have to to turn there. The Lord, the Lord, a good and merciful and gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. God is steadfast in his love for you. Not only is it unchanging, Not only does God have mercy on you, but his love is steadfast. Meaning it doesn't wear down. It doesn't grow weary. God doesn't grow tired like you grow tired of dealing with your coworkers or people that you know in your life. God's love is steadfast. And I really believe that when Paul said these words in Galatians 2.20, He had to be moved by this truth. He had to know his word, and he knew that God's nature and character was a God who was steadfast. That's the love that we see Paul talk about here, a love that would have moved him 
The other part of this text in Galatians 2.20, Paul says that, that Jesus gave himself. Jesus gave himself. He laid down his life for you and me. You know, I'm going to get real with y'all for a second. To me, it's amazing how the love of God is. That he would have mercy on someone like me. I know my past. I know my brokenness. And I look at that and I'm like, how could God love me? How could he forgive someone like me of where I've been, what I've done, who I've hurt? All these things I've done in my life, whether seen or unseen, known or unknown, God has shown my own heart. And I've experienced this very truth. And my prayer is that you guys would experience this truth. It's that God can love you only because he gave his son for you. Jesus shed his blood for you. He laid it all down for you. If the gospel doesn't lead us to praise God and to be reminded of this truth, we haven't been moved by the gospel at all. If we're not enamored and, and, and we're struck in awe of the love of God, and it doesn't lead us to love others and forgive others, we haven't been affected by the gospel at all. See, Paul was a theologically astute man. He had the theology, but he even had the doxology. That's the praise and worship. He knew the scriptures, but so did the Pharisees. Information doesn't transform us, family. I'm chasing a rabbit here. But I will say, I can imagine how Paul felt. Grasped by this idea that Jesus gave himself from him. Jesus gave all of himself. Matthew 20, verse 28 says this, Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. My sister, Jesus paid your price. He saw you. He formed you. He knows you. He loved you. He gave himself for you. Turn with me real quick, if you could, to Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 2. Hmm. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 2 reads, And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Christ gave himself up for you, a, a, a pleasing sacrifice to God. In other words, the life that Jesus lived was pleasing to God. 
God was satisfied with Jesus, him laying down his life for you. God accepted the payment of his life and his death for you. When we look at the sacrifice of Jesus, we have to be reminded that it was a personal thing for each and every one of us that Jesus gave himself for you. He gave himself for you. No greater love is this that a man love another man and lay down his life for him. Jesus laid down his life for you. Did you know that? Knowing everything about you do you know you can't hide anything from God? He knows the ugly, messy side of you. Did you know that, brother? You're fully known by God. But God still loved you because of his son. Because his son was given as a sacrifice. God loves you in your mess. Someone needs to hear that today. God loves you in your mess. When you don't believe and when you failed again for the thousandth time and you're done. When you feel like ending it all because you failed again. When you feel as a failure as a father, as a husband, as a brother. I need to be reminded. We need to be reminded. That Jesus still loves us. He gave himself for us. This truth captured Paul's heart. Is it capturing our hearts? That Jesus loved us. Do you struggle and doubt the love of God? Look to the cross. Do you doubt that God is good on his promises? Look to the cross. Do you think you can experience the love of God and the joy again that you've lost after the hurt that you've been through? Look to the cross. God's love is clear and he has spoken. He loves us. He doesn't overlook our sins. He must punish them. And he punished his sons for his son for our sins. God isn't some maniacal, evil person who beat and battered his son. The Bible says that Jesus went willingly to the cross. How do we know God's love is real? Because God's love is eternal. And we know that because we know what it took Jesus walking down that road. Beaten beyond the recognition of a man. Bloodied, battered, flesh torn out of him. A crown of thorns. Carrying a cross. Not being able to bear the weight and dropping it. Have you thought about that? This is the God who created that tree. 
And that very tree that he would be crucified on. Isn't that, doesn't that just shock your mind? And the fact that he couldn't even bear the weight of it. That another man had to help him. Go into that cross. Hanging on that cross. Naked and exposed. Why the graphic imagery? Because we need to be reminded of what our sin costs our Savior. See, we want to talk about God's love, but we must know what it costs our Savior. It costs him everything. And as he hung there, exposed to the world, not being able to breathe and slowly dying of asphyxiation, breathing his last and saying, it is finished. Family, there is hope today. Jesus' death secures a love like no other that you've experienced. Your spouse will fail you. Can I get an amen? Amen, right? Because I know I fail my wife all the time, right, baby? Mm-hmm, that's right. Amen. I'll be the first one to raise both by hands. We fail our spouses. We fail one another. But you know who will never fail you, my brother? Jesus will never fail you. That's a living hope. And how do I know that to be true? Because I know Jesus died on that cross. And you know what else I know, my sister? Is that Jesus no longer lives in that tomb. He is alive and well and at the right hand of the Father interceding for you and for me. How do I know that? Because the tomb is empty. And over 500 people witnessed that event. And what I know to be true is this. According to his word, one day he's coming back. He has not left us. He hasn't forsaken us. Though every single day we struggle and fight... Though every single day we lose more people we love through tragedy and unforeseen events, there has to be a hope, and there is a living hope. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Though a man die, yet shall he live. There's hope, and it's found in Jesus. He is our resurrection, and he is our hope. Today, family, my prayer, my hope is that this verse will capture your heart. God's love changes everything. Don't live for yourself. Don't stay angry at one another. There's a reason why we have 59 one another's in the New Testament. Because Jesus wanted us to love one another, forgive one another. The gospel must move us. And I pray that this verse today, though a short verse, is packed like dynamite. It's, it's an amazing truth that should cause an explosion of joy in our souls. 
that we have a God that loves us and he gave himself for us. That is amazing truth. Today, this week, live in that truth. Believe that truth. God's love changes everything. That being said, the way we take communion here at King's Cross Church, you'll come to the front and there are these stone cups. You'll rip a piece of the bread off and you'll dip it in the cup. And I would say this today. This is only meant for people who have trusted in Jesus. If today you've heard about this love of God and about this mercy of God and how God's love changes in everything and you're looking for hope today and you want to follow Jesus, you want to experience this true love, the invitation's open. Come by faith believing that Jesus died for your sins. And if you believe that by faith, you may partake of the juice and of the bread. And if you do that today, we will love, we'll have prayer partners on my left, your right. We would love to pray with you if you're making that decision today. But as you come to the table and you rip that bread, you dip in that juice. And when they tell you, Christ's body broken for you and his blood shed for you, be reminded of the sinful nature that Jesus put to death in you. You're no longer who you used to be. You're a new creation in Christ. That blood has washed away all your sins. No matter the sin, He's washed it away. That's love. You may come and partake.